What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA Show. Uh, it is a Friday, uh, November 11th, that I'm recording this, and we are about a seventh or an eighth of the way through the season. I believe every team has played somewhere from 10 to 13 games, so still pretty small sample size overall, but enough of a sample size to at least acknowledge some trends um, and look at some things that have been happening across a few teams and players. So today I'm really just going to talk through some early observations uh, for some teams, whether that be someone overperforming, underperforming, um, or some breakout uh, players that we've had so far as well. So the first team I would like to talk about is the defending champion Golden State Warriors. The Warriors currently sit at Four and seven. Uh, they did start three and two. Uh, then they lost five in a row before uh, squeaking out a win against Sacramento in their most recent game. Um, they haven't looked that good. Their offense has ranked 13th in the league thus far, which is not like that's bad per se, but certainly below what we would expect out of a team um, with Steph Curry and a team that's really been phenomenal offensively over the better part of a decade. so, uh, But defensively is really where um, we've seen issues for this team. They are 27th ranked, um, which is really weird to see because defense is typically their calling card. They were the number one defensive team last year, and they bring back largely the same team. I mean, the only real guys they lost were... Um, Gary Payton and Otto Porter. Uh, Gary Payton obviously was a pretty big part of their defense, but he played a, a smaller role. It's not like he was in most of their closing lineups, and then Otto Porter was a nice role player, but again, not a major piece that should result in going from first to 27th. So overall, they have the 24th best net ra- rating out of 30 teams, which is not good. Uh, they are minus 3.2 overall. In terms of who they've played, um, they've got some bad losses. They've lost to the Nuggets and Suns and Heat. No one's going to, or even the Pelicans, are going to shit on them for losing to those teams. But we've got teams like the Magic and the Pistons. And uh, the Pistons game was not particularly close. The Magic game was close, but uh, they gave up over 130 points. So... Um, and then they've got wins over the Lakers, who is <laughs> basically you can pencil them as in as a win if you're most teams this season. Um, they beat the Heat, who they, again, also lost to, and then they beat the Kings twice. So not the most impressive showing uh, so far for this team. Really the one bright spot um, has been Steph Curry. He has been phenomenal, uh, shooting above 51% this season. from three on a ridiculous 12 attempts. That's pretty uh, typical of him. Uh, But he's averaging just under 33 points a game at 32.6. He's got a career high in rebounds with over seven. um, And he's hovering right around seven assists as well, uh, which so pretty much all of his stats are up across the board from last year. He actually had quite a down shooting year last year. was under 44%, which was a career low actually if you exclude the one season where he only played five games and then 38 percent from three was also career low that was actually the only time he's ever shot below 41 percent which is insane to think about 
and most guys are lucky to get that high even just one time in a season, even for shooters that we consider good shooters. But uh, Steph's been great, uh, which is why this has been even a little more concerning because it's kind of showing that even if he's great, they aren't necessarily going to be able to ride that. Um, they're going to need other guys to step up. So they've had a lot of things kind of go wrong for them so far. Um, Clay Thompson has just been atrocious. Um, he's at 15 points a game, but he's shooting 36% from the field, under 33% from three, even 80% from the free throw line's a little down for him. He doesn't generate much offense for others, under three assists a game, not rebounding much, under three rebounds per game, and his defense has certainly take a, taken a huge hit um, at this point in his career post-injury. He's got a defensive rating of 119, which is well, well, well below league, league average or above league average for the rating. But in terms of rank, um, that is really bad. And his offensive rating is arguably worse at 93. So he's been a huge negative, a net minus 26 from a rating perspective. He has just been, I mean, pretty unplayable. He's He's got to be out there just based on his reputation and what he's done with this team. Obviously, they're not just going to bench him and you have to think he'll probably start shooting the ball at least a little bit better but he has been just detrimental to this team we've seen them play better when he's not out there at times um we've seen him have some total goose eggs of a game um and he's clearly frustrated i mean we saw against the suns he got ejected and was um, really not happy let his emotions get the best of him but clay i might have to agree with Charles Barkley that he's just might be washed. I don't know. I mean, we've seen him have slow starts before, but he's at least been good defensively, and he hasn't been this bad offensively. I'm not really sure what he does well at this point. <laughs> like, you have to respect his shooting, and I guess he spaces the floor because he will get that respect, even if he's not knocking it down. But I can't really find one thing that he is good at basketball at with at the moment. Um I think he'll get a little better, but I do not think he will ever be all-star level again. I don't even think he's the second, probably not even the third best player on this team at this point. Um, I think Wiggins is probably better than him. I think Poole is probably better than him, and Draymond might be better than him too. So he might even be their fifth best player, um, which normally you'd be head over heels with <laughs> Clay Thompson as your fifth best player. But just with how he's played, it's been really concerning. He's 32 at this point um and he just looks like a total shell of himself even compared to last year he looks much worse even though he didn't get off to a good start last year either but maybe the biggest problem with this team so far has been the bench people were really excited for all their young players and um the war has been praised over the years for not trading the extra draft picks they'd gotten from other teams and the young players they'd acquired for more established guys but we're seeing this year, maybe that wasn't the best move. <laughs> um, Jordan Poole, who just got his massive contract extension, has been really bad. Uh, under 41% from the field, 30% from three. Um, I will say, I think Poole is a good player, but I do think people might be a little high on him in general. He's actually only a 33.8% three-point shooter for his career. He's only shot above 36% one time, and it was barely over. He's been an inefficient player. He's 41.5% from the field for his career. So he's really not a guy that's going to score efficiently. 
Um, I've kind of always said I, I prefer him as more of a six-man off the bench, which is what he's doing now, and we've seen him thrive in that role. But I don't know. He's he's not efficient. He's not shooting the ball well. And when he's not shooting the ball well, he's not doing a ton else. Um, he's not a great defender. Um, he ha- takes questionable shot selection, and it's nice when it goes in, but when it doesn't, it can be concerning. <laughs> Um, he's also has 119 defensive rating, the same as Clay. So th- those guys are playing together sometimes, and if not, one of them's always in the game. So they've had some just really bad defense from that from that two guard position um, or backup point guard. I guess Pool plays a lot of when um, Steph is not in the game, but uh, he's been really disappointing. And I believe Pool is in the bottom five in the league in plus minus this year. But I think the whole bottom five is like the Warriors bench because they've been awful. James Wiseman has been unplayable. His stats don't look that bad. Seven and four in 14 minutes, shooting 60%. But he just has no feel for the game whatsoever. He has very low basketball IQ. He has been a mess. Um, I He did get a DMP recently, coach's decision. So I wonder if that's going to um, start to continue, or be a thing and he just won't play anymore. But he, they are just atrocious on defense when he's out there. Um, he doesn't set good screens. Uh, he's a matchup issue when put onto guards. Um, and yeah, he just looks a little lost out there right now. So he's got a 115 defensive rating as well, which is also not good. Um, but then a lot of the other young guys haven't been good either. I mean, Moses Moody's shooting under 41%. Um, he's been a big negative as well um, with the 94 offensive rating, 117 defensive. So that's a minus 23. They've got a lot of guys with some ugly advanced stats. Um, Looney has been solid for them, and Wiggins has been a, a nice stabilizer offensively, though his defense is a little down from what it was last year, particularly in the playoffs. And then Draymond's about the same on offense, but his defense hasn't been nearly as good as it has in years past. So overall, pretty much everyone's defense is down across the board. Their bench is majorly underperforming. Kaminga wasn't even playing before, but I think he's gonna he's been getting some more minutes as they've shifted a little bit away from Moody and Wiseman in recent games. Um, but then a, a lot of their offseason additions, DiVincenzo hasn't played very much because um, he's been injured. Uh, Jermichael Green hasn't been that good. He's shooting, oh, he's been bad. I mean, he's shooting 24% from three. Um, and then they're, other than Steph and Wiggins on offense, I mean, the whole team is pretty much playing poorly. Um, and I think I would be a little less concerned if it was just an offensive slump for this team, because we've seen these guys go through um, slumps and streaks, and they've got guys that can... Uh, feels like they can't miss sometimes, and then even Steph has a, uh, is particularly susceptible to poor shooting nights. But the defense is what really concerns me because that's the kind of thing where it should stay pretty consistent overall because uh, it's more of an effort thing. And a night tonight, I mean, if you're not shooting the ball well, you can always still give a good defensive effort. So that's what's concerning to me, dropping from first to 27th. I don't think they're going to finish 27th, but they're certainly not going to finish first. Um, I mean, 15% into the season and you're bottom of the league. I don't know how you're going to work your way back up to first, uh, and even if you magically switched, um, flip some switch there. But, um, yeah, and I know you could come in with the, 
oh, they're a championship team. They are going to just a normal uh, maybe apathy to start the season. They'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and I think for some teams that can be true, but I just want to run through some of their starts in previous years to show that this is not a normal thing for them. The Warriors normally play their best basketball to start the season, and then maybe midseason hit a little bit of a that apathy um, sentiment that we talked about, and then really uh, once the playoffs hit, they hit the ground running. But just going back from their first. Uh, championship year 2015 so they're at four and seven right now i'm going to go through when they got their seventh loss every year since then so 2015 they didn't get their seventh loss until january 27th they were 36 and seven Um, they actually started that year 21 and two then the next year as we know the 73 win year they start 24 and oh don't get their seventh loss until late march at 62 and seven. Then the next year they get Durant. Um, they start 16 and two. Uh, they don't get their seventh loss until January 23rd at 38 and seven. Um, then 2018, coming off their title with Durant, they start 26 and seven. Don't get their seventh loss until Christmas time, basically. Um, then 2019, this was probably the slowest one. They were 13 and seven didn't get their seventh loss until late November, but they did start 10 and one. Um, so they had a little bit of a three and six stretch there. Um, that wasn't great. Obviously I, I can't recall if they had injuries or something like that, but still they were 10 and one out of the gate. So they clearly started well. Um, then 2020, I'm going to just throw that one away. Cause that was the year everyone was injured and they, um, started two and 12 and ended up having the worst record in the league. Cause Steph only played five games and yeah, you know how that went, but um, 2021, they started eight and seven, so they got their seventh loss January 21st. But that was when the season started on Christmas, so it was about a month into the season. But as we know, 2021, they missed the playoffs that year. They were not very good. Um, but then last year, they started 18 and three. Didn't get their seventh loss until after Christmas. They were 27 and seven. Um, so as we can see, every single successful year they've had, they got up to a great start. I mean, they've got starts of 21 and 2, 24 and 0, 16 and 2, 10 and 1, 26 and 7, 18 and 3. So that's why I'm a little concerned because this is not typical for this team to get started this slowly. The only year we've seen it was the year they missed the playoffs um, when they went 8 and 7. And I also just think that the reality is is that Clay Thompson's 32, Draymond Green is 32, Steph Curry's 34. Um, their bench is comprised of a bunch of unproven guys that haven't gotten consistent minutes. They don't have a good feel for the defensive end. They're not efficient offensively. You've got Jordan Poole, who you just gave a massive extension that could come back to haunt them if he doesn't pick his play up because he's not an efficient scorer and he's not a defensive stopper. Um, And then you've got the whole elephant of the room between Draymond and Jordan Poole. Who knows if that's playing a part in this. But um, regardless, I think the Warriors probably will still be fine just in terms of they're going to make the playoffs. They'll probably be a top four seed. I wouldn't start panicking. But 
I think a lot of people had expectations for this team as the clear-cut favorites, not only in the West, but maybe even in the entire NBA. And I don't see how you can have watched them for these 11 games and think that that should be the case. Um, I think the West is wide open right now, so I think it's certainly still on the table for them to make the finals again. But I felt like coming into the season, they were the favorites and should be the favorites, and I don't necessarily feel that way anymore just because their age and defensive issues are definitely a concern for me. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing if they can right that ship. But um, as of right now, there hasn't been any evidence to think that they will. But of course, as the defending champions, four-time champions with this core, you have to give them somewhat of a benefit of the doubt. So I will do that. But if we're at midseason and they're still in the bottom half of the league in defensive rating, then yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you can win a title with a below average defense. We just haven't seen that um, as something that can be done in today's NBA, even some of the best teams we've seen um, offensively, the reason they haven't been able to get over that hump was because of defense. So um, we'll see they've got flexibility to make a move if they need to. But I also think if Curry were to miss time at all this season, they would be really, really um, in trouble compared to years past, just because the supporting cast is not what it used to be. So going to shift to a more positive outlook for a team that we've seen so far that is the cleveland cavaliers they've been a very pleasant surprise so far in the east um, but i actually don't think it's necessarily that surprising i think most people thought that not only would they make the playoffs that they would probably avoid the play-in though i do think a lot of people had them in sort of that five to seven seed range um, going into this year I personally had them up at the four seed, so I thought they would be very formidable. Uh, maybe not quite as good as we've seen thus far, but I definitely thought they'd be, at the very minimum, a good regular season team. So, um, And this isn't surprising based on what we saw last year out of this team. They did miss the playoffs, but a lot of that was due to injuries. So they actually started last season 35 and 21. And at that point in mid-February, they were one game out of the one seed. They were actually tied for the two seed in the East. So they were right atop the East, um, right around the trade deadline last year. And then Garland ended up missing a few games. And then Right when he was starting to come back, Jared Allen had a pretty major injury that held him out for the majority of the season. And then they ended up dropping down to the seven seed before losing, uh, or sorry, they were the eight seed, um, and then lost back-to-back -back games in the play-in to miss the playoffs. But they still finished, even with that, a respectable 44-38, and 38, despite finishing the year 9-17. and 17. Um, I don't think they'll have any stretch like that this year unless they did have an injury. But um, regardless, obviously the addition of Donovan Mitchell makes a huge difference as well as some of the internal development for this team. But they currently rank third offensively, third defensively, and second in terms of net rating overall with a plus 9.3. So that's an absurd number. I mean, being top three, both offense and defense is very impressive and a 9.3 net rating. Um, that's right about on par with what the Suns had last year, for example. 
um, and they won 64 games. So not saying this team's going to win that that many games, but they have some good wins as well. They've beaten the Celtics twice, um, and then they've beaten some other Eastern Conference teams, notably the Bulls, Wizards, um, Knicks. So it's not like they've had some crazy hard schedule, but obviously beating the Celtics twice is impressive. Um, one of those games in Boston. And then their three losses are the Raptors, Clippers, and Kings. Um, Raptors and Clippers are obviously very good teams. Um, and then the Kings are not great, but they're frisky. And it was a road game, I believe, on a back-to-back, so not not overly surprising. But they did start 8-1. and They've actually lost two straight. So, But their defense has been really, really impressive. I don't think anyone's necessarily surprised by that, given that they have the Allen and Mobley uh, front court. Um, last year they were pretty solid defensively as well, seventh in the league, um, which probably would have been much higher if Allen hadn't gotten hurt. But they've improved a ton on offense, and most of that is just because Donovan Mitchell. He has been really playing the best basketball of his career. He's shooting above 50% so far, 45% from three, averaging a little under 32 a game. I don't think he's going to uh, <laughs> finish the year at 32 a game. Uh, like I said, it's it is small sample sizes. So, but still, it's encouraging to see him be so efficient, even if it's just a ten game sample. That's been one of his issues over the past few seasons, as well as his defensive um, effort. We've seen, particularly last year, him kind of check out on that end of the court, uh, and he's been great on that end. Um, with a defensive rating of 108, which is uh, above average for the for the league, particularly for a kind of undersized guard um, like he is. But the other part about this is that Garland has, I mean, he's only played five games, so uh, they're still getting him up to speed. He's not played well even in uh, when he has played a 38% from the field, 32% from three, but. He's up to eight assists. I think that was right around where he was last year. I I expect him to probably stay around that number, if not go up, just because the team, in theory, should be a little bit better. But once he's playing a little better, I could see them getting even better offensively. Um, And then Mobley has looked good. I mean, it's not like he's made major strides from last year. It feels like he's like kind of about the same player. Um, His stats are about the same. Percentages are about the same. Still good offensively, so... Um, and same with Allen. I mean, both of them are uh, very steady players, but it's not like well, we've seen some massive improvement. But just the addition of Mitchell and then um, how good this team can be defensively. I also really like a lot of their bench pieces. Kevin Love has been just the perfect guy off the bench, averaging 12-8, and eight, um, shooting 42% from three. Um, really the biggest thing for this team, I think that they probably could use another wing. Um, Levert is inconsistent <laughs> as we've seen I mean I think he had a 40 point game one game and then I think the next game he literally had a one point game which is <laughs> pretty much Karis Levert in a nutshell he's actually shot 43% from three but that's well below or well above what he's used to shooting so I, I don't anticipate him keeping at that number but it's actually been really bad from two point range he's 38% overall only 35% from two but I think they need to get someone who's more of a catch-and-shoot 3-and-D guy. I think Levert is probably better suited off the bench as a six-man that can run the the second unit. But overall, I mean, it's hard not to like this team with how good they are defensively, how good they can be offensively. And they're honestly one of the most exciting teams in the whole league to watch. 
feels like every time they're on, it's a either a good game or just an exciting game. I mean, the the type of basketball they play, they make big plays on defense. They've got guys that can make big plays on offense, and um, they play with pace as well. So it's it's fun to watch this team. Um, I think that I this their play so far has adjusted my expectations i probably thought that their best case would be winning one playoff round and then one and done and i could have seen them losing first round i think now i would expect them to win at least one series and i wouldn't be shocked if they're in the eastern conference finals i really think that them boston and milwaukee are kind of the top three right now and I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland was able to beat anyone except probably Milwaukee. I wouldn't put the Cavs as a finals contender yet, but I definitely could see them making an Eastern Conference finals run. But they're going to have to have some things go their way because they obviously don't have a ton of experience outside of Mitchell. But even Mitchell has never made a conference finals um, though he has played quite a bit in the playoffs, so. But I really like this team. I was pretty high on them coming into the season, and I, um, I'm s- still high on them. And I definitely do not think this is a fluke for them. I think they're a really solid team, and I think they should be. Um, their just expectations for them should be adjusted accordingly based on uh, what we've seen so far. So next, I want to shift over to the Miami Heat. Um, the Heat have not been very good. They currently are 12th in the East. They are 5-7 and seven after beating the Hornets last night. They rank 19th offensively, 12th defensively, and 16th overall, though they are technically a slight negative uh, team overall. They're minus 0.7 net rating-wise. Um, they've had a pretty tough schedule i guess they've beaten the raptors blazers warriors and kings and they've lost to the bulls celtics raptors warriors kings pacers and blazers um so they split with the blazers split with the warriors split with the raptors and split with the kings uh and then they've lost to everyone they've only played once so uh oh and sorry they did beat the hornets last night as well sorry Um, but they started two and five and they're three and two since then so at least they're trending up you'd have to say but i haven't liked what i've seen out of this team very much so far kyle lowry might just be kind of washed at this point he's down to 13 points a game under six assists a game he's shooting 40 percent from the field 36 percent um from three he's been fine on defense but not not peak lowry um type of defense like we've seen over the years with him also I just don't love their role players. I thought that they should have probably acquired someone to replace PJ Tucker. Not like PJ Tucker is some like otherworldly player that makes a huge difference, but it's more about when you lose a guy and you don't add anybody, then everyone else gets shifted up on the depth chart, and then suddenly each position's a little weaker than it was from the year before. And the other thing is that. They've been really reliant over the past few years on finding these diamond-in-the-rough players. I mean, think about who they've had over the past three, four years. Kendrick Nunn, undrafted. Duncan Robinson, undrafted. Max Struess, undrafted. Caleb Martin, undrafted. Gabe Vincent, undrafted. That is five guys. And kudos to them for finding these undrafted players and turning them into 
legit rotation guys. Um, but we've seen the, the problem with this. There's a reason these guys go undrafted. I mean, Kendrick Nunn has been just awful on the Lakers this year, and they didn't even re-sign him when he was a free agent. Duncan Robinson, his contract looks like probably one of the worst ones in the whole NBA. He's not playing very much. His shooting numbers are way down, only 34% from three this year and 36% from the field. Um, and then Martin, Struess, and Vincent all had good years last year. They've been fine this year. Um, but again, they're not anything more than role players. Vincent hasn't played particularly well. He's been very inefficient overall. Um, and none of those guys are great defensive players. They have good team defense um, and a good system there. But yeah, they've just got, they're a little too overly reliant on, on guys that aren't that talented. And I don't really love the talent on the team. If Lowry's not going to be who Kyle Lowry has been for years, and they're going to rely on all these undrafted, unproven guys, um, it's really just Jimmy and Bam and then Hero. And Hero has been really in, inconsistent over the past few years. He's having a good year so far. Um, but again, I don't know. Bam's been a little... Um, Disappointing. Not. It's not like he's played poorly, but we. Have, I feel like he took a leap a few years ago, and we haven't seen him kind of take that next leap. He's just been in that borderline All Star range for a while. Um, he's twenty five now, but and Jimmy Butler, he's still been good. Twenty two a game, six assists, seven rebounds, two steals. But we know he's going to miss some time at some point. He hasn't been durable, and I don't know if they're as well equipped to sustain that like they have been in years past. And they, he's really bailed them out. I mean, I've watched a few games now, one of them last night, where uh, another against the Warriors, where he didn't play particularly well most of the game, but then um, in crunch time is a close game, and then they hand it to him, and he kind of takes over late. I think last night he scored on three straight possessions to um, go from uh, losing to taking the lead versus the Hornets, um, and he scored a few times against the Warriors as well to do, to do the same, but... I just worry that they're too reliant on him, which is a tough ask from a 33-year-old player that hasn't been very durable. And then Lowry is not very durable at this point. He's 36 now. So I just don't know where they're getting that reliable scoring um, or ball handling outside of those guys unless Harrow can take some other leap, which it doesn't look like he has so far, but there's obviously time. So... I think this team's a move away. I still think they'll make the playoffs. I think that they um, will be probably in the 5-6 seed range. I had them at 4, I believe, coming into the year. So I have, I have stocked down on them just a little bit. They just look kind of old out there. Um, they don't have the same juice as some of these other teams. And the NBA is just so talented that I, I kind of feel like most nights you go into – um, the game and they don't have more talent than the other team. Even they're, even teams they're better than. I mean, a team like the Kings has way more talent than them, even though the Heat are widely considered to be the better team because they've got the best player um, among the two teams and much better coaching and infrastructure and culture and whatnot. But, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because of Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and the whole Heat culture thing. But um, I think that they're further from the Celtics Cavs tier and Sixers and closer to the Hawks Raptors tier. So I don't think that they'll win a playoff series this year based on what I've seen. Um, but I obviously will give them 
um, some benefit of the doubt, but I think that moving forward, they've really got to think how they can add another um, high-level starter to this team if they want to get back to contending like they have over the past few years. Next, let's go to maybe the talk of the league thus far, um, the Utah Jazz. So they currently are 10-3. and three. Um, They rank 4th in offense, 11th in defense, and then 4th overall from a net rating perspective with a plus 6. And they've beaten some good teams. I mean, they've beaten the Nuggets, the Pelicans, the T-Wolves, the Grizzlies twice, the Clippers, the Hawks. Um, And it's not like their losses are bad. I mean, they've lost to the Mavericks, the Nuggets, and then the Rockets isn't great. But, I mean, 10-3 and is hard to argue with. There's not a lot of bad teams that have a 10 and 3 stretch throughout the season and maybe they uh well they probably won't sustain this i mean they're currently first uh so i i don't think that they'll finish as the one seed but it it is really hard to argue with the results to this point and really everything's gone well for this team i mean laurie markinen is probably the leading candidate for most improved player right now he's up to 23 points per game nine rebounds um, he's shooting 53% from the field, and he's more so been known as a shooter, but he's only 34% from three this year, so he's actually shooting 65% on twos, which is crazy impressive because it's he's not just taking layups and dunks. I mean, he's taking a lot of mid-range shots and difficult shots as well. Um, he, yeah, <laughs> he's been really good. He's also playing probably some of the best defense of his career. And then the rest of the team, they've just got a lot of like solid NBA players, like no stars, obviously, but Clarkson's having a good year. He's shooting 41% from three at 19 points a game, five assists as well. Conley is having a little bit of a resurgence. We've seen his scoring dip in the past few years, and his scoring is actually at the lowest it's been since very early in his career with Memphis, but he's averaging a career high in assists with eight a game. Um, he's shooting really well from outside as well. Then just guys like Kelly Olynyk, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, all guys that have shot the ball really well. Olynyk shooting 57% from three, Vanderbilt 50%, Beasley 42%. Um, and then Colin Sexton has had a little bit of a smaller role compared to probably what most people thought and myself included, but he's played fine. He's 46%, 38 from the field, 14 a game. He's kind of their sixth man. Um, but yeah, I've also just been really impressed with their defense. I mean, 11th in the in the league, and it doesn't it doesn't really look like based on their personnel that they'd be particularly great on that end. But Vanderbilt's a good defender. But then guys like Sexton, Beasley, Clarkson, not exactly um, defensive stoppers uh, or players that you'd think when you hear that. But it just fits. And I also think Will Hardy is a phenomenal coach. Um, I'm sure the Celtics are bummed that the Yudoka thing didn't get out earlier, um, selfishly, just because they would have elevated Will Hardy off their staff. Um, and instead, Danny Ainge uh, poached him away. But I think he's going to be a really good coach um, for years to come. He's getting the best or the most out of this team. These players are playing, most of them, the best they've ever played in their career, with the exception of probably someone like Mike Conley. But um, I mean, if All-Star Game happened tomorrow, Laurie Markkinen would be there, and deservingly so, uh, especially because the game's actually in Utah this year, I think. But uh, it, it's so interesting, because do I think they're going to be a top-four seed at the end of the year? I don't. 
Um, do I think they'll make the playoffs? I think they got a shot, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I think they'll be in the play-in. A lot of people were really low on them, um, like worst record in the league type. I wasn't as low. I think I had them as I had them like a little less than thirty wins and in the twelve seed range or something. Like I had Spurs, Thunder, and Rockets all below them um, because they do just have a lot of NBA level talent, like solid guys. They've got like seven or eight guys that could play legit minutes on a playoff team. Um, none of them are going to be a top two, three player necessarily. Um, I'm sure marketing could maybe be a third, fourth option, but regardless, um, I am worried in some sense that they're overperforming before they should. We've seen this happen in the past. Um, I know the one example is the, the Suns back in 2014. Um, after they had blown their roster up a little bit, they uh, acquired Eric Bledsoe, uh, Goran Dragic had an elevated role, and then they had a lot of, same kind of thing, where like, it's pretty solid NBA talent, but like, certainly no stars. They ended up winning 48 games. They still missed the playoffs, they were the nine seed, but I think that that was actually a bit of a detriment to them, because then they started looking to acquire players instead of still kind of going for that rebuild, and then they ended up having some really bad years over the next few years, so... Um, I think Utah has enough assets where something like that's not necessarily going to happen. But um, yeah, I just I don't think that they're like one star away, for example, uh, to contending. I think they're very far from being legit contenders. But I do think that they are a lot better than people thought they were because of good coaching, um, good effort on defense. They've got a good style of play with just a lot of guys that can knock down shots. Um, and yeah, I've just been, how could you not be impressed with, with this team? And they're fun to watch too. But I I do think they'll ultimately fall back a bit. I don't know what their strategy is for trading guys. I'm sure they went into the season thinking guys like Clarkson, Conley, um, Beasley, even like Vanderbilt could all be dealt. I don't think all of them, all of them will be dealt. I, I still think they'll probably sell a little bit. But I think Markinen is a guy they'll probably keep, though they probably could get insane value on him right now. But for now, I think they should just ride this. Um, I think reevaluate 25, 30 games in. If they're still top four, then I think you just got to try to go for it um, and not necessarily go for it by adding other guys, but by not tearing it down is what I more so mean. But if they fall back to seven or eight, even if they're in the seven, eight, which would be in the playoffs at that point, I still think it could be worth selling off some pieces just because this is a good draft coming up and they're obviously not going to contend this year. But it is really nice if you're a Jazz fan to see this. I think you've definitely got your coach of the future. You've got a lot of guys that either you can keep for years to come like Markinen, Vanderbilt, Sexton, all guys that are 25 or younger. And then you've also got some older players you can deal off like a Linick at 31, Conley at 35, Clarkson at 30. Um, so yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with them, but they've been fun to watch so far. Next, let's talk about the Timberwolves. They have been quite uh, <laughs> the mess so far. Uh, they currently sit at five and seven in the Western Conference. They rank twenty first offensively, seventeenth defensively, and nineteenth overall uh, with their net rating of minus one point seven. So I think probably the most concerning thing is when you look at who they've played, 
So I think their last four games, they've had the Suns twice, Bucks and Knicks, all of those games in which they lost. Um, but <laughs> they've had a really easy schedule. They started four and two, um, but their, their, their five wins are the Thunder twice, the Spurs, the Lakers, and the Rockets. That might actually be the four worst teams in the West. Um, and they've even lost to the Jazz. They lost to the Spurs two times. They lost to the Knicks. Um, they lost to the Suns twice, but neither of those games were close. And one of them, the Suns didn't have Chris Paul or Cameron Johnson or Jay Crowder. And it was in Minnesota. Um, so Yeah, it's looking bleak right now. I mean, the, the Cat and Gobert fit is just a total mess offensively. And I think we could have seen some of this coming. I know I didn't have them making the playoffs this year, but part of what made Cat so good is that he can bring centers out of the paint because he's such a good three-point shooter. And there's not a lot of, there's really not, if any, other centers in the league, maybe Jokic, that can draw that kind of offensive attention on the perimeter. Um, but with Gobert playing the center next to him, it completely just nullifies that because teams are going to put their four on Cat. Gobert's still gonna just be planted in the in the paint, and they're they're gonna still have their big men down there. So, the uniqueness of uh, what Towns brings is completely just a moot point when you put him next to Gobert. Um, their starters have also just been awful so far. Their offensive rating as, as a group is under a hundred, which is just putrid. It's worse than the the worst team in the league right now. Um, Edwards, I think a lot of people were high on him coming into the year. As kind of, I think he was the favorite for most improved. He certainly has not improved very much from last year. It doesn't look like his scoring. Um, he's at twenty one a game, uh, which compared to last year is exactly on twenty one point three last year and twenty one point three this year. His field goal percentage is about the same. His three-point percentage is down. His assists are the same. Rebounds are slightly up. So he's pretty much been the same player. Um, though he has looked pretty good on defense overall, I'd say. But he's been a negative 12 from a rating perspective. His offensive efficiency has not been good. Um, D'Angelo Russell has just been god-awful. I mean... He's shooting 38% from the field, 32% from three. His scoring is down. He's a mess on defense, too. His offensive rating is below 100. So, And <laughs> there's really not much good to say about this team. Um, and I think probably just another thing that makes this even worse is that when you traded for Go Gobert as... I'm, I think he's... There's a lot of Gobert haters out there. Myself, kind of one. I think he's very good at what he does, but he's a limited player. But regardless of what you think of him, he's an all-time defensive player in the NBA. One of the best of all time. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. Um, he'll probably make the Hall of Fame. He's The accolades he has are undeniable. However, when you acquire Rudy Gobert, the reason you do it is to improve your defense. And... Last year, the Timberwolves were actually pretty decent on defense, 13th uh, ranked. And this year, they're 17th ranked. So their defense actually hasn't improved at all. So <laughs> Gobert's not helping them be better on that end. And I think there was a lot of 
assumption that their offense would still probably suffer a little just because Gobert can do that. But they were eighth on offense last year and they're 21st this year. So really all Gobert has done is keep their defense about the same and made their offense significantly worse. Um, Last year, they were number one in the league in pace. They're three this year, so they're a little bit down um, there as well. But just the the fit is just not there. Also, Towns having to guard fours has been an issue um, against the Suns. He was at, Cameron Johnson had his by far his best game of the season, um, and they were just abusing Cat uh, on that end. Um, and it's tough. I mean, if they had played even a normal schedule, they might be even worse. I'm very worried for them. I do not think they're a playoff team. I don't really see how this is going to get much better. I just think it's inherently a bad fit with Gobert and Towns. And I really think the only way out of this is to trade somebody. But they're in such a tough spot because you just can't trade Gobert because you just acquired him. And even if you did trade him, you wouldn't get anything close to what you just paid. So it would be such a bad look less than a year later to... um, (laughs) <laughs> trade him for way less then you've got edwards who's only 21 years old you, you just can't trade him russell you're not going to get anything of value back for him no one's going to want him he's probably a, a glorified sixth man but he's on such a big contract that a lot of teams aren't going to want to give up the amount of salaries they'll have to give up to get him and then what is what does that leave you're going to trade towns he's been your, the face of your franchise uh number one overall pick back in 2015 um He's shown that he struggled to be sort of that lead guy on a team, whether that be from a leadership perspective or just from a stop like playing perspective. I think you got to play it out a little bit more, but this could get really ugly really quickly with the picks you owe. I think they could get a good bit for Towns. I just think that, and I wouldn't want to trade Towns, but I just don't know what other option they're going to have if they miss the playoffs this year and then things don't improve and. This trade with Gobert could turn out to be one of the worst of all time when you just look at what they gave up and the results they're going to have. But I don't know if they need to stagger Gobert and Cat more um, and just ha- have them play less minutes together. But Russell and Edwards also just need to play better. All- this can't all be put on the fit because Edwards has been bad so far. Um, his stats look mostly okay, but uh, analytically he's been not a good player. And then Russell has been one of the worst versions of him we've seen, which is saying something because we've seen some pretty bad versions of him. So I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I didn't preseason, and this is only making me feel better about uh, picking that. Cool. Now let's go to the Bucks. This team has been dominating the NBA thus far. They are 10-1. and one. Um with the number one defense by a pretty wide margin in the NBA right now and the 17th ranked offense. They are third in net rating with a plus 8.1. They started the year um, 9-0 before losing to the Hawks and then um, winning their last game, putting them there at 10-1. Probably their biggest story has just been Giannis is just the best player in the world and it's obvious and there's really not an argument against it at this point he's shooting 54 percent from the field he's averaging 32 12 5 a block a steal 
and he's probably the leading candidate for defensive player of the year right now. His defensive rating is 98, which is like anything below 100 in today's NBA is so hard to get. Um, I actually think he's the Vegas betting favorite for defensive player of the year, and rightfully so. I mean, their their defense has been so dominant so far, 103.6 rating as a team. Um, and yeah, they've just been playing great. Drew Holiday has been really good so far, um, 20 and 8 are his averages. Brooke Lopez has been really, really good, 16 a game, um, over 2.5 blocks. He's uh, making over two threes per game. And then we've seen some uh, really good performances out of Javon Carter. I believe he had over 30 the other night. He shot the ball well. Bobby Portis is continuing his play from last year, averaging a double-double. Um, and yeah, all this, <laughs> and they don't even have Chris Middleton yet. So um, I think once they get him back, that offense is going to be better. Like I said, they're 17th right now. Um, they were third last season in offense. So I think that they'll probably play closer to that third number than 17 once he's back and they probably will start playing a little better on that end um just as the season goes on as well but i picked the bucks to win the title before the season i thought they were the clear favorite in the east and i still feel that way and um but i think it's a little bit more obvious now because their defense has just been smothering they haven't even gotten their second best offensive player back yet he might take some time to get up to speed but honestly they don't even need to have the best record to be in a good position going into the playoffs as long as he's sort of hitting that healthy stride as the playoffs come um, come and go. I think they'll be totally fine. I think uh, Giannis, his usage rate is really high right now, so I think that's a, a little, I don't want to say concerning, but it'll need to go down. But I think that'll just happen um, naturally as uh, Middleton comes back because he's up at 38% usage rate, which is just ridiculously high. But the Bucks are just really, really good, man, and I would be terrified to play them in a playoff series because they're so good on defense. They've got good role players. They've been there before, and then Giannis is just the best player in the world, and I don't really know how you could um, <laughs> argue otherwise at this point. I think that um, they're going to probably cruise to the playoffs, even if they... Sit some, sit some guys and lose some games um, throughout the season. They'll probably still be a top three seed. And even if they didn't have home court, I'd still probably pick them in any series in the East playoffs. So, yeah, the Bucks are really good. <laughs> okay, so I guess now we have to talk about the 76ers. They're 5-7. and seven. They rank 16th on offense, 13th on defense, 15th overall. Net rating with uh, plus 0.8. They've been very mediocre. Um, I mean, based on those ranks, they're pretty average on both ends right now. Um, they've got some bad losses, Wizards, Knicks, Spurs, um, some good wins, uh, the Suns, the Raptors. Um, but they started one and four. They're four and two since then. Sorry, four and three since then. Um, obviously, the Harden news changes things um, and changes expectations a little bit for them moving forward. Um, but as far as things I've liked, I mean, Maxi is clearly very good. He's up to 23 points a game on good efficiency, 41% from three. Um, Embiid has still been really good. He's up 51% field goal, which is a little higher than normal for him because he does take a good amount of jump shots. But um, 28 and 10. 
Um, Tobias Harris has taken a little bit of a backseat role, though he has shot the ball well. Um, but with Maxi kind of elevating to that second or third role, um, Harris has slid back into that fourth option. So it's a very good fourth option. But probably the other, the main story for this team is that their complementary pieces haven't played particularly well. Um, PJ Tucker shot the ball well, 46% from three, but it's just really low volume. He's only averaging five and a half points a game. Um, Shake Milton has barely played. Montrez Harrell is pretty much out of the rotation at this point. Matisse Thibel barely plays as well. Um, Daniel House Jr. has been fine, but four points a game. Niang has played well, but um, some of his numbers are skewed by a seven-point-three-pointer game he had uh, a few nights ago. And then Melton's been fine, good on D, but shooting hasn't been phenomenal. And then I just don't love this Harden and Bead date. It's just weird with them because, like, I think they've got good stats together, but it, Embiid looks so, di- uh, like, unengaged at times when Harden's out there. So I don't know if him being out will be good in some sense, but obviously they can't afford another Embiid injury um, or else they're going to be in trouble potentially. Um, but, man, this team is just so annoying. I know I picked them to be the one seed in the East, though I will say I did not have them coming out of the East. And... Um, I wasn't sure that they were real contenders. I just thought they'd be a very good regular season team, but I I learned my, <laughs> I'm over them, man. I don't think I'm ever gonna pick them to be anything more than like a three four seed and then lose second round again because they're just something about them. They just don't have it. They're just they're lazy and they don't. I don't know. They've got all this talent and it just doesn't seem to translate to the wins that it should. Doc Rivers probably is not going to make it through the season would be my prediction um, I don't even know who they're going to hire that's going to make it better but just that you should have known when you've got Harden, Embiid and Doc, three guys that historically are worse in the playoffs than the regular season and have had some bad choke moments between the three of them um, I don't know I'm over them <laughs> I still think they'll be a top four seed. Don't get me wrong. I think they're like, um, I think the Bucks are in a tier of their own in the East, and then the next tier would be Celtics, Cavs. I think the Cavs have jumped the Sixers, um, and then I would put the Sixers in the next tier with like Sixers, Heat, Hawks, um, maybe Raptors. I don't, I don't know, but uh, I'm not gonna do that again. <laughs> but yeah i'm done talking about them for a little bit until they start playing better but let's go to a team that i very much enjoy talking about and that is uh the phoenix suns they are eight and three right now they are second offensively ranked second defensively ranked and have the number one net rating in the nba for a second year in a row at 9.4 which is actually above what they were last year when they won 64 games. So there's been some teams with some weird schedules. The Suns have actually had a pretty tough schedule. They've they've beaten the Mavs, the Wolves twice, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and then the Rockets. And then their losses are to the Sixers and the Blazers twice. So they weirdly have played the Blazers three times already. But um, those two Blazer games, I mean, they easily could have won either of them. We saw that the NBA announced on the two-minute report that Jeremy Grant should have been called for a travel. 
um, on his game winner. And not only that, but the travel called on Mikhail Bridges, the possession before, should not have been called a travel. So they easily could have won that one. And then the other one was an overtime game where Aiton missed free throws to tie it late. So they could be sitting at 10-1 and pretty easily, but... Um, regardless, they played really well. That's probably why their net rating is so good because their their losses have been close and they've blown teams out. I mean, they destroyed the Warriors, destroyed the Wolves, um, destroyed the Clippers. So they've had they've had a lot of blowouts as well. And I mostly wanted to just talk about them because a lot of people were down on them coming into the year, and I picked them to be the four seed. I probably did that because I was getting there's so much pressure from the media at, at large that they would take this huge drop back and I knew it internally I didn't think that they would take this massive drop back but um, I fell victim to just hearing it too many times so I bought it a little bit I thought they would be um, worse than last year obviously they don't have Jay Crowder playing and Chris Paul is probably going to take a step back um, but they look really good man I mean Bridges has been phenomenal this year. Some of his stats are just ridiculous. He's shooting 59% from the field, 63% on twos. And this is a guy that takes a lot of jump shots. Um, and he's up to 16 a game, which is a career high. Shooting the ball well from three at 64, or sorry, 46% as well. Um, Cameron Johnson had been playing well before his injury, 43% from three. And then Booker has just taken a cl- pretty clear step up this year. He's up to 28 a game, which would be a career high. His turnovers are um, very low, under three. He's up to six assists, shooting 40% from three, 49% from the field. He's looked as good on defense as he has his whole career. So he's just a clear-cut star in this league, and he continues to just get better every year. Um and their bench, which was a concern coming into the year, has been surprisingly really good, actually. Cameron Payne looks way more like he did two years ago than he did last year, where he really struggled. Um, but he's shooting 39% from three. Um, he's up to 11 points, four assists. Really nice play off the bench so far. Damian Lee's been a nice surprise, 44% uh, from three so far this season. Um, even Torrey Craig's at 41% from three. That's well above his career averages. And then Jock Landau, it just kind of came out of nowhere, averaging eight and four with a block a game. Um, he's been really nice off the bench for them as well. So I still think they probably need to add some guys uh, for depth and uh, to for their rotation, but they've been able to stay afloat with this bench unit they've got. And Cam Johnson elected to have the uh, – he tore a, his meniscus, I believe, and there's two options where, one, you can just snip it and um, – it's a shorter recovery time, or you can get it fully repaired, which takes a long time. He probably would have been out, of the se- out for the season. He elected for the shorter one. Um, probably wasn't that big of a tear. Um, normally, that's what you do when it's not. So he will be back in a month or two. So I'm not too concerned by that injury. But Chris Paul clearly looks a little bit <laughs> worse. 37% from the field, only nine and a half points a game. But he still has been phenomenal running the offense. I mean, he's 9.4 assists a game. I think that's still first in the league. Um, and yeah, he, he's been not good shooting though (laughs) 27 percent from three little concerning uh they definitely need to add somebody i think right now the west is wide open i do not think the suns as currently constructed would be favorites or really should be but 
they're obviously going to move Crowder at some point for somebody, whether that be a similar level player, someone who's much better. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, and they've got the they've got all their picks and expiring contracts to move. So I think they're a piece away from being like the favorites in the West, uh, but I think that they certainly have the uh, resources and assets to get that piece that they need. But they've been pretty dominant this year. They were dominant last year. Um, they made the finals the year before. So I think this is just a really good team that people were too low on because of one or two games in the playoffs that left them with a sour taste in their mouth. Let's talk about the two LA teams. Um, I'll start with the Lakers. I don't, there's not really much to say about them. They are a very bad basketball team. <laughs> They're two and nine. And one of their wins was a miracle uh, three-pointer to send it to overtime by Matt Ryan. <laughs> no, not the not the quarterback who got benched. Also, anyway, um, so they could easily be one in ten right now. Their offensive rank is dead last in the league by a very comfortable margin. Their defense had started very well. They were top five to start the year, and they're actually all the way down to nineteen now. So uh, it has dropped off quite a bit. Their net rating, somehow they are not the worst at 29th. They're minus 8.1. They've beaten the Nuggets and Pelicans, and then they've lost to the Warriors, the Clippers twice, the Blazers, the Nuggets, the Wolves, the Jazz twice, and the Cavs. So in their defense, it's been a little bit of a tough schedule. Uh, They did start 0-5, then they won two in a row, but they have since lost four straight. Uh, But the defense thing is... It sucks for them. I mean, they they looked really good there to start the year, and now they're back to... Uh, below average. I mean, they're not even average. They've been really bad over the past few games, and their offense hasn't really gotten any better. Um, their offense is just disgusting. I mean, <laughs> listen, these are their their top um, nine guys. This is their three-point uh, shooting percentages. 24, 27, 30, 33, 26, 33, 33, 25 and 10 the best of the bunch there would be austin reeves and troy brown both at 33 among the starters the highest one is lonnie walker uh with 30 (laughs) percent uh lebron has not shot the ball well he's at that 24 percent he's scoring is a little bit down assists are a little bit down He's looked not great. I mean, I think they were saying that he had a bit of a cold or was it some sickness, and then he obviously just left the last game with a groin injury. So we'll we'll see. Maybe he's not one hundred percent, but I think it's. I mean, he's obviously declining. There's no arguing it. He's turning thirty eight in December. Like he just, he's not what he used to be. He can still get his points, but he doesn't affect the game in the same way. They're more empty stats. Um, And it's a shame, but it is what it is. He needs more help. He can't have his third best player be Russell Westbrook, who is just a total shell of what he used to be. And then Anthony Davis hasn't been good either. I mean, he's a mess on offense. He's so very good on D, but he's just so lame. I mean, since the bubble, he's just been just a lame offensive player, just leaving so much to be desired. He's one of the worst shooters and ISO scores in the entire league. 
Um, if you look at over the last few years, he was the worst jump shooter in the entire league last year. Bottom three among t- high volume players in ISO scoring last year or over the last year. And yeah, I don't know. He's got. I mean, he's only twenty nine, but he feels like he's past his prime too. And then Westbrook was just awful to start the year. He's actually been a pleasant surprise <laughs> since he moved to the the bench. He's at sixteen, six and six. He's actually shooting a higher three point percentage than LeBron or Anthony Davis. He's forty four percent from field goal, which is pretty on par with most of his career. Eighty percent from the free throw line. That's the highest he's had in years. He's actually averaging a steal and a half, which uh, leads the team and is among uh, higher in the league. His turnovers are still kind of high, but his usage is down, so they're a little down overall. But um, Russ might actually have some trade value after all (laughs) if he's going to be cool coming off the bench. But this roster is just awful. It is awful, awful, awful. They will not even sniff the playoffs or even the play-in unless they – I mean, it might be too late, honestly. I was going to say unless they make a trade, but – they're two and nine. LeBron's injured. They might be headed for a bottom five record in the league at this point, to be honest. And I really think they should consider trading Davis and LeBron. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can salvage this. You don't have the picks and assets to acquire anybody without trading one of those guys. But if you're going to trade those guys, there's no point in even trying to get another star. Um, but then they. I'm glad I'm not a Lakers fan. I'll say that. It is not a good spot to be right now. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, they're done. Their season is over. They have no chance of doing anything the rest of the year. I mean, even if they played close to 500 the rest of the way, they put themselves in too much of a hole. But I don't even think they're going to do that because the roster is so bad. Um, and their two best players are extremely injury-prone guys anyway. So now moving... Um, to the other locker room in the in LA, the Clippers. Uh, so they're seven and five. They started two and four, and they won five out of six. Their defense has been among the league's best, best uh, fourth, and they are among the league's worst on offense. Actually, only the Lakers have been worst. They are uh, 29th um, in the NBA. Their net rating is 21st at minus 2.4. So they haven't been good overall. Um, They've had a bit of an easy schedule as well. They've played the Rockets twice, won both of those. They played the Thunder twice. They lost both of those. Um, they played the Lakers twice, won both of those. So four of their seven wins are against the Rockets and Lakers, a.k.a. the teams with the two worst records in the entire NBA. So they haven't been good. Um but their defense has been good, so that's why I'm not totally out on them. I think what it's going to come down to is Kawhi. Um what has he played? Only two games this year, forty-two total minutes. It's concerning. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a, a guy that we can rely on as a star player anymore. I, I'm just a little confused because I feel like coming into the year they advertised that it. it's like, yes, he is back, and this injury is just absurd. I mean, it's normally not even like at max it takes a full year, and it's been like a year and a half at this point. It's just crazy how long it's been. So I don't know what's up with him. I don't know if they are going to – if they're just being cautious or it's like a legit concern. But at the end of the day, I don't have much to say about the Clippers other than they will come and go as he does. Um, their defense is going to be really good regardless. They've got great coaching from Ty Lu. Um, they've got good, a lot of good uh, role complementary pieces, but 
without your two stars, it they're not as effective because if you play five roll guys out there, five three and D guys, it's not going to be very good. But if you put three three and D guys out there around Kawhi and Paul George, it makes a huge difference. So Paul George has been fine this year. He's been pretty good, twenty five a game. Um, he's had some good games, some bad games, but that's pretty typical of him. He's one of the streakier players in the league, obviously. But at the end of the day, if Kawhi's not going to be healthy, they're not contenders. They w- wouldn't be a top six seed without him. We saw them miss the playoffs last year without him. If Kawhi is going to be this part-time player where he's playing limited minutes and plays half the year, I think they could probably get like a, a five seed, five, six seed. and uh, But they wouldn't be contenders again without him. But if he's going to ramp up to a point where he's back to playing 30-plus minutes, playing at least most nights, even if it's two out of three, three out of four, I think they could be one of the better teams in the West. I mean, they're seven and five, so they're um, still, I think they're the sixth seed right now. So they could easily get up to the two, three seed range if Kawhi does play at least in more than he has. And they're certainly contenders with him, but I, I'm just a little concerned. We ha- we've seen a lot of teams over the past few years that lack continuity and we just expect them to turn it on in the playoffs. And I don't think there's a single example where that's actually happened. All the teams that have made the finals recently or even had any playoff success have been teams that were uh, good chemistry, good defense. They um, played together all year, good coaching. Um, And so the Clippers have a lot of that stuff, but the the continuity, I mean, the Clippers are a good example. We've seen them every year, expect them to just turn on. It hasn't happened. Um, The Nets, I'm not even going to talk about them on this podcast because I already declared them deceased on my last one. (laughs) Um, But another good example where we expect them to just have so much talent and they can just flip a switch and then boom, now we can win in the playoffs. That hasn't happened. We've seen a lot of teams like that. The Lakers as well, a few years ago, they're the seventh seed, but everyone's still picking them to beat the Suns and make the finals um, because they have the talent. That didn't happen. They didn't have the continuity. They put themselves in too much of a hole. So, We've seen a lot of examples of this, and I think that if Kawhi doesn't come back soon, then they're going to fall victim to that. I think if he comes back within the next few weeks to a month and he's playing regularly and full-time minutes, then I think that that's fine and they they could still make it work because this team has been together for a few years now. But barring that happening, I I think I was a little too high on them. I had them making the finals. I don't think that I would trust them to do that as currently constructed based on what we've seen with Kawhi, but again, like I said, if he if he is able to get back to that, I think that they certainly have as good of a shot to make the finals out of the West as anybody. And that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I know I didn't get to every single team, but just wanted to highlight some of the early observations that I've had watching the first 10 to 15 games so far. But as that sample size gets bigger, I'm very excited to see if the Warriors can turn it around, if the Cavaliers continue to be for real, if the Lakers are just going to be the the worst team in the NBA this year, um, and if the Jazz are <laughs> just a hot team right now or actual legit playoff uh, contenders. So uh, thanks again for listening, and I will chat with you soon.